Welcome to Everything Renewed Podcast. This is Wes Morgan. Listen, everyday people operate under habits and mindsets that prevents growth. This podcast is here to address those habits and mindsets and dismantle negative stigmas. We truly believe that if you start with the mind, everything can be renewed. Let's go. It's another day for your mind to be renewed. My name is Wes Morgan, and welcome to Everything Renewed Podcast, and thank you for joining us. Rebecca Spann is in the office today. So happy to have you on the show. Uh, She's the owner of About You Counseling and Consulting, where she specializes in treating women who experience anxiety, depression, and stress in their everyday lives. In addition to counseling services, Rebecca is a mental health advocate private practice consultant for other therapists and workshop facilitators. Um, Her breadth of experience is rooted in private practice, community mental health, education systems, and foster care agencies. She received her Bachelor of Psychology from Jackson State University. She also holds a master's degree as well as an education specialist in counseling. And recently just launched another uh, business here in this a t-shirt line, Your Therapeutic Journey. Rebecca, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm so happy to have you here. And you, you're a powerful lady. Oh, why thank you. Yeah, you're a powerful lady. And we had to have you on the show. Um, let's start off. I ask all of my guests the same question. It's an everything renewed question. What is something that you would like to see changed in our world? Mm, something I would like to see changed. I would like people to utilize therapy. That is my huge push. That is one of my passions is being a mental health advocate. So I would like people to understand that utilizing therapy does not make you weak. It does not make you um, deficient or it does not mean that you have... um, the inability to overcome. It just means that utilizing therapy can be beneficial for you and for your family and for your generations to come. So I just want people to be able to get free from things that they're challenged with or that they're um, having issues with in their everyday lives. And in seeking therapy, it really offers a level of um, mental, emotional freedom that I think without utilizing therapy is really a challenge to to obtain. So utilizing therapy to be able to process past traumas and difficulties so that you can live um, and be the higher or be your highest level of self. Hmm. I like that. So utilizing therapy. I think oftentimes I tell um, family members and friends, therapy is the best investment that you can make in yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, we invest in cars. We invest in your T-shirt line, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just playing. But, um, no, in all seriousness, we invest in so many things, food, um, our looks, but do we invest in our emotional health? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And mental health. Mm-hmm. I say it's one of the highest forms of self-care. Yeah. It's taking care of yourself mentally. Yeah, and you definitely get a return on of investment. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about the power of vision. Mm. Um, you you get yourself involved in everything. Um, one thing that sticks out uh, recently we have um, you are the visionary, 
the brainchild, if you will, of the mental health clinicians of color here in Grand Rapids. Mm -hmm. um, and I know you had assistance with that. Um, started your own t-shirt line, your therapeutic journey. We're going to talk about that. Mm -hmm. Private practice. You are a mom, um, a wife, and seriously, your hands is all in um, everything in our community here in Grand Rapids. And so when I think and when I look at what you do, mm -hmm. um, we talk about, um, I spoke with Sam and we were talking about purpose and, you know, people trying to find an idea of what um, what they should be doing in life. Mm -hmm. And let's start off with what is vision? Well, how would you define vision? Um, vision is being able to see outside of what you see right now. Vision is mm -hmm. being able to forecast what is to come and where you're going to go and who you're going to impact. And so vision is much deeper than just your everyday life. Vision is being able to um, allow yourself to see further than what you can physically see today. It's really giving yourself that space and that ability to dream and to ideate and to imagine. And one of the things that I love to encourage people to do, I have three children and one of the things that I, I create an environment where they can dream, where they can just ideate, where they can think outside of the box. And so as adults, sometimes we move away from that. Um, we move away from that process. And in doing that, I feel like we lose a lot of our creativity. And so, you know, I often encourage people like to tap into your creative side and allow yourself to dream, allow yourself to think of things outside of your everyday norm and then strive for that. So vision is the ability to not only see further than what you see today, but also the ability to create an environment for yourself so that you can effectively dream and you can effectively pull out some of those things that may be within you. Wow. So I, I like that definition. I'm actually going to write that down and steal it oh. just to let you know. Don't steal it. I, just... I, I'll give you credit. Thanks. I'll give you credit. Thanks. But that that's deep because we, we see a lot of things. I think, um, our biggest influence is social media. Mm, mm -hmm. um, it's our friends, mm -hmm. it's family members, but oftentimes we sit at home and we sit in our thoughts really mm -hmm. and we start to identify with things that we cannot do. So mm. therefore, when we see other people doing it and I'm watching you, I watch your every step, I see what you're doing in our city and I'm like, wow, that, that takes vision. How... How do you even start to unpack a vision, right? So I have a whole process, um, which is unique to me. Everyone has their own process of doing things. So for me, it's very important that I'm able to write these things out. Um, by the time I get to the space of writing something out, I have probably already processed through it in my mind. Um, Sometimes, though, I do have to do, I call it a brain dump, where I just take every thought and I just put it on paper and then I organize it from there. 
But most times I create a map and that map is based on whatever it is that's on my mind that I want to do. And so I may put that idea in the middle and then I just kind of write around the idea, the steps that I need or the things or resources that I need in order to make that vision happen. Um, and from there, I just kind of fill in the gaps by figuring out, you know, what do I need in order to make these all connect? So it's somewhat of like a web and it's hard to describe, but it's all, once again, visual. It's something that I have to literally see and I have to write it down in order to get an idea of what I'm working on and where I'm headed to. So I am a huge fan of the giant post-it notes, sticky notes that you can put on your walls. Um, and I have those in my home. Um, I have a huge whiteboard. Um, and once again, like I said, things that I do, I like to incorporate my children. So they have a huge whiteboard as well. And it's funny because I watch them, you know, do little things or whatever. And I, I, I just love the fact that they're picking up on this at a very young age. But, um, yeah, so I have to write it out. And then after writing it out, I kind of piece the puzzle pieces together to figure out where I need to go next. So rather that's contacting someone, finding resources or whatever in order to make that vision come to life. So let's take it back one step. Mm-hmm. So you talked about the process. Mm -hmm. Where does the seed of your vision come from? Or not just you, but just in general. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm in my mind right now, I'm thinking of pregnancy, right? A, mm -hmm. a woman just don't get pregnant. She needs right. a seed. Right, right. Where does a person's seed for their vision come from? Um, oftentimes, I find that, in specifically for me, those seeds were planted through pain, mm. And so, you know, when I was in the process of advocating for my son um, who experiences autism and I was trying to locate, you know, clinicians who were um, black, that I had a really difficult time doing that when I was trying to fight for him to get, um, you know, certain services that he needed. Once again, I had a very difficult time trying to navigate that system as a black woman. And there were so many things that we experienced. And I'm like, this process has to change. So those seeds were planted um, during that time of frustration, of confusion, of disappointment, of sadness. And, you know, when people say things like, oh, you know, um, it'll be OK. One day you'll see the fruits of this labor. I didn't believe it then. But now I'm like, wow, God, um, I, I really see these seeds being like harvested because out of all those years, it was hard and I felt so lonely. But then when I recognized that I didn't have to be on the other side, that I could be an advocate for other people. Then I said, you know what, it's time for me to water these seeds and do whatever I can do to make these come up. So, you know, in my experience, the seeds were planted through pain and other people's experiences. I mean, you know, it could be a, a good situation that happens or et cetera. But um, and then also just to be completely honest, God, um, you know, he puts the seeds, he puts the visions inside of us, but it's up to us to follow that lead and to trust that he can make whatever he put inside of us come to fruition. So, or to manifest it. So just entrusting him 
as well. Um, being aware that whatever vision that you have, you can't do it on your own. Like, period. He can give you the vision, but he'll also give you the resource in order to the resources to carry it out. So having that level of wisdom as well is very important because if one believes that they can do these things on their own, then they will quickly find out that they cannot. So trusting God and then knowing that he will make these visions come forth. So we we write off a lot of our of our pain, right? A mm-hmm. lot of a lot of people, um, you know, we experience pain, but we are quick to try to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And so we we'll say, go to therapy, process your pain, mm-hmm. and really, pain can be a seed to mm-hmm. start your journey. Yeah. It can be the seed to really open up your harvest. But mm-hmm. we look at. Um, we look at our pain as though it's a stumbling block. Mm, mm-hmm. And so our perception of our pain really need to adjust to see, is there opportunity here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not to just say like, oh, I want to be somebody and things like that. But oftentimes there's um, there's beauty in our ashes. Abso- right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So what, and you, you even spoke to the, the idea of not everything, even vision coming from a place of pain, it mm-hmm. can just be something that God has given you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, resources and um, how can people start, like you, you talked about a vision board mm-hmm. and, you know, you write your things out. So to carry out vision, mm-hmm. what is something else that somebody might need? And how, well, actually, let, let's scratch that question. Mm-hmm. How do I know I have vision? Everyone has vision. Children, and one of the things that I love, and I work with children majority of my career up until maybe three years ago, um, it's amazing to watch children because they play. And play is the one of the highest forms of learning. It's hmm. important for children to be able to play because they, they learn how to manipulate the world. Um, they learn how to interact with others. They learn a lot just by those simulations through play. And so, once again, everyone has been given vision. And if you watch a child, it's amazing what they can create if you just tell them to go and create. It's because they don't put boundaries on themselves. They don't put barriers in place. But as adults, um, sometimes we get to this place where we we put boundaries or barriers within our vision or within our goals or our, our dreams. And Why? it keeps us... You know, honestly, I think the society has told us to conform to, okay, well, you go to college, um, well, you graduate, you go to college or trade school or et cetera, and then you just work a job and then you retire. Hmm. But I'm seeing more and more recently, and I think in upcoming generations and even our generation, we're, we're doing things a little bit differently and so um, creatives are being inspired to create and dreamers are being inspired to dream and are getting paid for it. Like, I absolutely love consulting because I'm able to think outside of the box. Um, I'm able to utilize and exercise that part of who I am. And it's amazing when I allow myself to go there. If you give me a challenge, I'm able to, to work it. Um, because I don't have any boundaries or barriers in place. So I think, you know, um, understanding that everyone has vision is just that you have to align yourself and create an environment where that vision can be, um, where it can be nurtured and where it can actually 
feel comfortable existing because there are people who have vision. But once again, I said they put barriers or boundaries in place so that they can't exercise it. And then inside of them, they are like, in a sense, like dying. Like, I want to get out. I want to get free. I want to, I want to ideate and I want to dream, but there is something holding that person back. So everyone has vision. It's just aligning yourself so that you can tap into it. Aligning yourself. Um, We're about to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about hindrances of vision. Mm -hmm. Uh, What what hinders our um, our vision and carrying that out, and then a little bit about your therapeutic journey. I want to get into that, and we'll be right back. Today's podcast is sponsored by Renew Counseling Services, where our mission is to rebuild, restore, and renew all people by using a holistic approach to help transform lives. If you know anyone in West Michigan seeking counseling services, send them over to our website for additional information, www.renewedcounselingservices.com. Again, www.renewedcounselingservices.com. Now back to our show. Okay, we back. So want to talk about hindrances to our vision. Um, personally, I, for some odd reason, I was very insecure. I grew up with a speech impediment. Um, even starting this podcast, I'm like, bro, you tripping. Mm. Um, because there are still effects of my speech impediment uh, to this day. Mm-hmm. And so we get so locked in our head with, I can't. Mm. And I don't want to, you know, be out doing public speaking because I don't know, you know, am I going to pronounce my words right? Am I going to trip up on a word or something like that? So hindrances to our vision, sometimes we cripple um, our own selves with our insecurities or with I can't statements. What are a few, uh, maybe one or two hindrances that you will say uh, you see when that prevent people from carrying out their vision? Fear. Fear is the, the biggest one. Hmm. Um, because there's a fear of the unknown, there's a fear of failure, there's a fear of starting. There are so many things that people are fearful of, but the thing is you have to lean into fear. And typically when a fear is there, that means that there is something there. And I know that doesn't make sense, but it does. So if a fear exists about something that you have a passion for or a vision for, it's healthy to have a um, a certain degree of fear or anxiety when you're starting something new. But if you allow that fear to cripple you, then you'll never know where it can go. And so when you're going into new territories or you're, you're dreaming of something yeah, that's scary because you're taking on um, a vision and you're taking on purpose and you're doing things that you were called to do, but it's much bigger than you. So to have that fear is natural. But the fear, in my opinion, is is literally, um, it can be used as a catalyst to push you forward. So instead of allowing it to stop you, lean into it. And ask yourself questions as to, like, why am I fearful of this? Is that the leaning part? Because when you say leaning to it, are mm-hmm. you saying, like, like ask you just those said, questions. ask those questions? Okay. Yep. Like, invite it in. You know, um, something that I like to talk about with emotions, period, is inviting them in. Like, and I like to personify emotions because it makes it so much easier to recognize and to um, relate to. But, Give me an example. So, with fear. 
inviting it in, saying, hey, sit down, let's have a conversation. Mm. And talking to that fear as if it's a person and mm. saying, why are you here? Why do you exist? What is it that you see in me that is even causing you to be present in this moment? Mm. And allowing yourself that process of listening listening to whatever that fear is saying because you're going to get feedback. Um, mm. And so, you know, whatever answers you receive, take those answers, sit with it, process with it, pray over it, go to therapy, whatever you may need in order to um, get past that fear. But ultimately, don't allow the fear to just show up and just sit there and you don't say anything to it. It's just like having someone to come over to your house and they come in, they sit down, I don't say anything, but they're taking up space. But this person is blocking you from doing some of the things that you want to do, but you never take the opportunity to ask this person, why are they even here? What is your purpose? And so if an emotion is going to exist in your space, then do yourself the favor and ask it, why are you here? What is it mm. that you have come, you know, from wherever you came from to come here? And then once you have that dialogue, do whatever it is that you may need to do after that conversation to figure out, okay, how do I either embrace this emotion or find a replacement emotion? So hmm. fear is the biggest one. Um, but it's okay to be fearful. You can do it afraid. You can do it with tears in your eyes. You can do it scared. Just do it. So Can, can we go deeper with uh, um I want I want to go back to something you said before we took our break mm -hmm. and you you were talking and I'm going to have you back again to talk about that process um cuz that's a whole session in itself mm -hmm. but I think people need to hear um your story in regards to um your son experiencing uh, autism but not having um not being able to find services for him mm -hmm. um especially to services that are given from uh, black people. Mm -hmm. And so knowing that was a place of pain. Mm -hmm. So you talked about leaning into it. So you linked into your pain. Mm -hmm. And then now we have in the city of Grand Rapids and really just in West Michigan and outside of Michigan is starting to take place as well. Out of your pain, we have mental health clinicians of color. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I got to pause. Okay. Because th I said it so smoothly but it's so deep, mm. right? Mm -hmm. You might just be doing it, but me, I'm left speechless. Mm. Because out of your pain, you linked into something to say we need resources. Mm -hmm. Now this entire state, mm -hmm. I'm going to stop saying city, mm -hmm. this entire state, because mm -hmm. we soon hit Detroit. It's uh -huh. just a matter of time. Come on. Mental health clinicians of color. So there are people in this uh, city that have already reached out to you, mm -hmm. reached out to the board and said, I love it. Mm -hmm. And we're talking major organizations. Oh, These yeah. are not like the little starter up organizations, right. nothing wrong with them. Right. But I'm talking like your heavy hitters here in West Michigan mm -hmm. is knocking on your front door mm -hmm. and on the board's front door mm -hmm. to say, thank you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about like, so when we, when I see mental health clinicians of color, it's a resource for people who are needing counseling mm -hmm. and they can go sit down and talk to somebody that look just like them mm -hmm. because of the power of your vision. Mm. Mm -hmm. 
Like, and I, I'm, I, I want you to like let that marinate, because mm-hmm. sometimes I don't know if you're like me. We just do stuff and we don't take time to see what we do. Mm-hmm. We know it. It has an impact. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. That's so right, nice. Right. But really sitting down and recognizing how your vision mm-hmm. has literally impacted an entire city. And now we're already moving outside the city of Grand Rapids. Mm. Yeah. Um, it is overwhelming, to say the least. I am humbled and I am so grateful um, because I remember that space. I remember the challenges, um, you know, that I had with my son. And I just remember that whole process of one, you know, getting him diagnosed or no, prior to getting him diagnosed. Some of the symptoms that I was seeing um, and it was starting around the age of two. And so, you know, when I went to different providers, actually, when I was in Jackson, Mississippi, most people told me, well, no, he's not old enough for us to give him a diagnosis. And I'm like, wait, what? I am a clinician. I work with children. I know symptoms and I pick up on them really easily. And I was always told like, well, no, we need to wait till he's five or no, this is ADHD. And we got so many misdiagnoses and um, we were faced with a lot of microaggressions because my husband, um, at the time was a supervisor. So oftentimes I would just be the only parent and there would be assumptions that I was a single mom and did I have the resources <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> the I mean, struggle people don't, that's why I'm going to have you go. Uh, we we got, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm mm. like, you know, there's nothing wrong with single parenthood at all, but there were assumptions made that were completely untrue and, You know, I remember one time um, when he went for a speech evaluation, the speech path said, oh, wow, he talks really loud. Your family must talk loud. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Like, what is that supposed to mean? Like, but once again, it it was a lot of little comments and things like that. But ultimately, um, I remember those nights of crying. And I remember those nights of telling my husband, like, I don't know what to do. And trying to find an education system that supported him uh, was challenging because there weren't many um, schools or um, programs that assisted children who had autism or autistic um, symptoms. So... You know, when we decided to move up here was phenomenal because he got all the services that he needed. But once again, still didn't find providers that looked like us. But that was okay. Um, At that point, I was just happy to have us in a space where he could utilize um, the services. But to be in that place and then to be here now, it is almost like unbelievable because I would have never thought that that space would birth mental health clinicians of color like would have never thought that and then when I came here another um thing that strengthened um mental health clinician of color clinicians of color I can't even speak um was coming back to this space and looking for other clinicians to network with and so I'm like where are all the black and brown clinicians like where are we and it just seems like people were around but they were in their own little silos and Mm -hmm. cliques and I'm like, okay, where do we come to meet up with one another or network or support one another or to share resources or to um, case consult or et cetera. And so that's when I came across Janae. And then Janae and I, um, you know, we would meet like monthly. We met 
oh gosh, probably like six months, just one on one. Um, it would case console, talk about stuff or whatever. And then I just told her, like, you know what, I'm really having a vision of creating a space where this can happen for everybody that is in our field. And so from there, um, you know, I asked her, did she mind like assisting me in carrying out this vision? So here we are today with you on our board, with Tashana on our board, with Janae. Um, and then, yeah, we, we have a phenomenal thing going. And the crazy part about it is vision is always bigger than you. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's that's something that I believe our listeners need to really understand is that if the vision only just applies to you, then mm-hmm. I doubt it's a vision. Mm-hmm. Your vision should be something that's very complicated and very uh, much so deserve a lot of time, mm-hmm. um, investment, money, right? Because we don't mm-hmm. even talk about that, like, you know, how much money you mm-hmm. have to put up up, up front. Mm-hmm. Um, but vision is really it, it has to be bigger than you and really the impact that your vision makes mm-hmm. is always greater. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and it's sacrificial. And so, yep, we have the mental health clinicians of color because of your vision. Oh, no, I knew what, I forgot one thing I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Another aspect of creating something for clinicians of color was that, Yes, there was networking opportunities here in this city, mm-hmm. but it didn't fit us. Mm-hmm. For sure. Right? Mm-hmm. And so, again, your vision being, is, is can your vision be an assignment to say, I see something, I see lack, or, you know, oftentimes we are overlooked. Mm-hmm. And I say it very strongly. It's not oftentimes we are. Mm-hmm. We are overlooked. Yeah. People want to uh, invalidate us and all of that stuff. And I really don't listen to all of that. I just move. Mm-hmm. And so we have to create our own. Mm-hmm. And so when we look at vision, you have to be intentional about what you're doing and why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Because we have a lot of naysayers also that say that's not needed. Mm-hmm. We have people that mm-hmm. will come on the post and say all types of stuff like, oh, well, you're you know, not including us, but not realizing our narrative. Mm-hmm. And that our narrative has been consistent. Let's wrap this up. You have, um, I want to tap into um, very quickly. um, It was something I wanted to speak on, though. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. When it comes to vision. Yeah. It's not giving up. Mm. I think that's big. I think I've seen a lot of people have visions, but because of maybe the responses they didn't receive, maybe the space that they're having this vision for, hasn't yet caught on or, you know, sometimes your vision can be way ahead of its time. Mm. And that's tough. Ooh. Yeah. Because. So do you have the patience? Exactly. And to, you have to be ugh. dedicated to seeing this thing manifest. And it is hard. It you takes have nine s- months for a baby. <sighs> yeah. Actually 10. It's 40 weeks. Huh. Ten, mm-hmm. and that's a seed. Uh huh. And we love, of uh-huh. course, our children. Mm-hmm. So, how long are you willing to wait for your vision? Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Because you know, um, I often, you know, share with a mentor of mine that you know it's hard sometimes staying encouraged when you're seeing something that maybe other people have not seen yet. So you don't have anything to emulate. You don't have anything to copy. You don't have anyone to like say, hey, I pushed down this path and these doors for you. You're the one doing it. And that is hard work because you're creating a path at the same time. It's like you're building 
you're building while you're working. Like you're 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 pushing down barriers at the same time you're building up something. So you're mm-hmm. doing double the work. And that is exhausting. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people don't understand how much work comes with that mentally and emotionally because it's hard. And I've, I've seen people who had visions, but because a vision didn't catch on or people didn't believe or people didn't see it instantly, they gave up. So we need to stop depending on others to join our team and to join our vision. And that's why we say it's ours. Like we take mm-hmm. ownership because God didn't give me mental health clinicians of color. No. So I don't have the same passion you have. Mm-hmm. I don't have the same mm-hmm. drive. So you might be kicking our butt and yelling at us and, hey, we need to do this, this. And I might be looking at you like, yeah, whatever. I don't, yeah, talk, I don't talk like that. Though. I know. I know. Let you, the people know. Yeah. You, okay. You're not me. You you good. Okay. But you, you don't talk like that. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> we, we, we put our expectations and mm-hmm. on other people to say, you better get on board. And I hate that. I mm-hmm. really do. We, mm-hmm. we It's something in the environment right now where we swear that, for example, I'm supposed to support your T-shirt line. Mm-hmm. Why? Because mm-hmm. exactly. I know you? Right, right, exactly, yeah. Like, so mm-hmm. we got to get rid of, um, get rid of those expectations. It's, man, it's been awesome talking to you, but I have to touch um, your therapeutic journey apparel. Um, mm-hmm. You put out some nice stuff, um, and our listening audience uh, should definitely go check it out. It's at wearyourjourney.com, mm-hmm. um, and you will find some T-shirts there. Uh, anxiety, not today. Uh, pray, rest, talk about it, laugh, exercise, heal. Uh, dear anxiety, present the facts. Oh, I want to jump all into that, but we are out of time, and I can't. But um, for our listening audience, there might be someone listening And I want to do like I always do. I believe in sowing seeds. And I'm going to be providing um, a free T-shirt for the first person to contact us at info at everythingrenewed.com. And you will receive a free T-shirt from Wear Your Therapeutic Journey Apparel. And Rebecca is doing some awesome work here in the city. Rebecca, where can people find you? What are your social media handles? Um, And I... Yeah, where can people find you? Um, I can be contacted on my website at aboutyoucc.com. You can contact me on social media um, at About You Counseling and Consulting on Facebook. And then on Instagram, you can find me at Rebecca Span LPC. And I am also on LinkedIn at Rebecca Span. All righty. And um, just for our listening audience, um, if you go to wearyourjourney.com, there are special discounts taking place right now. So you want to go over there uh, to that website and start purchasing 25% off. Season change. So, yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's go ahead and support and appreciate you and your time. Definitely have you back because we're going to talk about that motherhood piece um, and get you in a different role versus, you know, therapist and um, the visionary. So again, appreciate you coming to the studio and sitting with me and um, to our listening audience until next time. Appreciate you all and uh, talk to you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to the Everything Renewed podcast. I hope you heard something that was helpful and that you can relate to. Do me a favor, like, share, and subscribe to the show. Remember, start with the mind and everything can be renewed.
Until next time, stay fresh, stay cool, and stay renewed.